This is the positive EQ perspective, where you'll find a more positive outlook on life by developing your emotional intelligence. My name is Kirsty Gwynn. I'm an emotional intelligence coach and speaker, and I'm passionate about helping people to experience more calm, contentment, and joy every day. Welcome. Today, we're talking about how to become more confident at anything. If you're looking to become more confident, then you know how important it is to have a strong sense of self-belief. When you're looking to start a business, take on additional responsibilities at work, or even to start dating again, having the confidence makes a big difference. You not believing in yourself means you're less likely to put yourself out there and much more likely to get stuck in self-doubt and second-guess every decision that you make. Whereas when we think about feeling confident, we know that we simply have more courage, more motivation, and we're just able to trust in our own ability to achieve our goal. So today I'm going to share with you three key practical strategies that you can use to boost your confidence. So we're going to look at how we can think a little bit differently when it comes to confidence than the ways that you may have traditionally heard, as well as some practical actions that you can take to start building up your confidence in absolutely any area. So the first thing that we want to do when it comes to building our confidence is to see it as a learning journey. When it comes to feeling unconfident, often what's happening is we're approaching that situation from this mindset of, I either have what it takes or I don't. And what happens is that when we try and we make a mistake or things don't go as well as planned or you know, we right out embarrass ourselves or we get hurt or we're disappointed or we get rejected, what we end up concluding is, well, this is just evidence that I just don't have what it takes and I'll never make it. And of course, that is so damaging to our confidence. And it kind of then becomes this vicious cycle where we want to put ourselves out there less and less because that rejection or that failure hurts so much. It turns out that it's not the belief, I can do this, that is so important for confidence. As many of us have been taught, right, we've kind of been taught to repeat to ourselves, I can do this as a way of believing in ourselves. But it turns out that that's not actually the key belief for confidence. Instead, the belief of I can learn to do this is really what makes all the difference. So this is from research by Dr. Carol Dweck, who found that there are really two mindsets that we can come from when we are approaching any situation. And when we're in a fixed mindset, we're seeing a situation as either have what it takes or I don't, which means that maybe when things are going well, we feel pretty good, but when things go badly, we conclude, you know, I'll never make it, I don't have what it takes. And the opposite mindset is a growth mindset, where we say, well, this is a skill that I can learn, and really, it's a journey, I'm on a learning journey. So let's think about it this way, I can say to you, I can speak Russian, I can speak Russian, until I'm blue in the face, but it's not going to change the fact that when it comes down to it, I actually cannot speak any Russian, right? And even if I repeat that to myself over and over again, it's 
there's very little chance that I'm ever going to believe that without evidence of that belief. Or, uh, you know, if I do believe it, I would be pretty deluded given that I actually don't know more than maybe a word of Russian that I've gained from movies or something like that. But if I say to myself or I say to you, I can learn to speak Russian, doesn't that just feel completely different? I just feel that that holds so much more possibility. Because the truth is, yes, I can learn to speak Russian, right? If I was so inclined, I could definitely go and get classes and, you know, I, I could teach myself the language or, you know, on an app or I could, I could go and learn the language from a great teacher. So this is really the mindset that we want to apply to anything that we do, right? And applying this learning mindset, I can learn to do this, completely transforms our experience of things going wrong or things going right. So when things go wrong, when we fail or are rejected or we get hurt, we're much more inclined to feel curious about what went wrong. Because it's a learning journey, we almost, we expect that, right? We're like, I'm learning, I haven't, I haven't quite got it yet necessarily. And things go wrong and we kind of say like, oh, I wonder what can I learn from this? Like, what, how can I adapt my strategy and change the way that I'm doing things next time around? Okay, so we're much more curious and that in itself makes us a lot more resilient, right? So let's go back to some of those examples that I gave you. If you were starting a business and you, let's say, try and, try and launch a product or a service and you don't have a single sale, if you're coming from this mindset of I either have what it takes or I don't, then when you don't make a single sale, you're going to feel like, oh, this is evidence that you know this isn't going to work for me and I should just give up. But if you're viewing it as a learning experience, you're going to say, oh, okay, I wonder what went wrong there and how I can adjust how I'm doing things so I can be more successful next time. Even when it comes to something like relationships, right? Maybe you want to build up your confidence there. And in that case, you know, the, the mindset might be more around believing, you know, I either am lovable or I'm not, right? Or I, I either can make a relationship work or I can't. And so you might say something to yourself, right? If you if you say to yourself, I I'm great at managing conflict, but perhaps you found that in the past that's been very difficult for you. You might really, sometimes that can feel a bit contrived, right? It can feel very difficult to believe. But if you instead were to say to yourself, you know, I can learn to manage conflict well in relationships, if we just feel the energy of that, like, you know, there's just so much more hope and so much more potential in it. It makes us really open minded. And it's going to just push our thoughts in a more positive direction and also set, up, set us up for more success. Because the reality is that when we're in this mindset of, uh, you know, um, I, I, I don't have what it takes, we, we're not really in a learning mindset, right? We're not actually thinking about the next time and how we can improve. When we're viewing it as a learning journey, we expect that there'll be hiccups along the way naturally and we learn from them. We also have more control when it comes to things going right. So when things go well, rather than kind of just saying like, oh, that was, 
you know, lucky or it just shows that I'm good enough. Instead, we look a little closer and we say, like, I wonder what I did there that made that work. And by identifying that, we are then able to repeat that the next time around. And so this actually gives us a greater sense of control and success going forward. We're able to take greater ownership and to feel that we're able to bring that success around the next time, right? We're able to repeat it. The second way to become more confident at anything is to focus on what you're doing right. When we're viewing things through the lens of not being confident, we tend to focus on what's going wrong much more than we focus on what's going right. In fact, we might completely neglect that side of things. And we might not celebrate those wins as much as you necessarily, you know, with as big as a response as you have when things go wrong. I mean, when we have a disappointment or rejection, we really feel that quite strongly. But when we have things go right, we often feel just the brief kind of emotional high of that before we move on. And if we want to build our confidence, we need to intentionally zoom in on the evidence that shows that actually we are getting there, right? There are things that we are getting right, right? There are little successes along the way so that we can see our progress. It's also a way of convincing your brain that you can do whatever you want to be able to feel confident about. So previously, you may have heard that you should kind of repeat this belief of, I can do it. Personally, I found that it's just not enough. The human brain is, it's, it's pretty clever, right? And it likes to have evidence to support its beliefs. And what you may have found happening and what I'll frequently find happening is if I say to myself, you know, I can do that or I'm good at this and I don't really believe it or maybe my mind is actually focused very much at that time on the negatives, the minute that I say that statement, my mind kind of brings up all this evidence of like, no, that's not true. Remember this failure and this time you embarrassed yourself and this disappointment and this thing that you didn't do well enough. And I just end up feeling worse or at best, it just feels contrived. I struggle to believe it. In order to build up that belief that we are actually capable, we have to find evidence to support that. We have to shift our focus from the negative and zoom in on the evidence of what we are actually getting right. One way that I absolutely love to do this is by keeping something called a success journal. So this is one a, a positive psychology intervention that we can use. Pretty simple. It's just about keeping a record of any positive evidence. Let's say that you wanted to build your confidence up at work. What this would mean is that any time you had a client maybe come back and say, you know, thank you so much for that, that, that work that you did was really helpful, we might actually file that email away or, or write it down. If you got some positive feedback from your manager or, again, a client or, or anybody really, some sort of compliment, we would write that down. Any time that you were able to effectively complete a project and you know, feel at least that certain aspects of it you could be proud of, right? Writing those down so that you're actually taking 
you know, concentrated time to focus on those and direct your attention towards them. Remember that the brain does not naturally focus on the positive. We really have to be pretty intentional about this. It's similar to what I spoke about in the first episode of the podcast of gratitude. This is again about shifting our focus to the good and saying, what do I want to become my reality? Again, you know how important that confidence is, that self-belief. So we really want to build that up, but we need to give our brain evidence for that. And keeping a success journal is one way that we can do that. Another simple way that you can do this is using this activity called What Went Well and Why. And just at the end of every day, just taking a moment to write down three things that went well and why they went well. And I want you to remember that these don't have to be big wins, right? It's generally not every day that we're kind of achieving um, these major goals or anything. But if you say that you run your own business, and again, you're trying to build up your confidence in that area, what you might want to do is just actually kind of keep a record of the different things that you, the different actions that you're taking to move your business forward. Um, if we were to return to the example of, of a, a relationship and learning to manage conflict in a relationship better, it might be about reflecting on, okay, what actually went better this time, right? If you had a disagreement with your significant other, right? How, how did I handle that differently? Um, you know, what's working and what did I learn from maybe what isn't working, right? So even that fact of him applying that learning mindset, right? Even that learning is, is gaining a positive. So shifting our attention to that can really boost our idea of ourselves and our confidence. Finally, the third way to become more confident at anything is to prioritize being brave. So here's the thing. Fear and anxiety, they have a purpose. Psychologists have theorized for a long time now that negative emotions are what we can call action tendencies. They prompt us to take certain actions. And when it comes to fear or comes to anxiety, what it's trying to get us to do is to avoid whatever feels threatening, whatever feels risky, whatever it is that we could maybe get hurt. And that might be something like getting rejected, embarrassed, feeling awkward, trying something and having it fail, losing out on something, making the wrong choice and feeling like we let ourselves down, being let down. But that part of the brain, it often limits our life. That part of the brain that's creating fear and anxiety, it's called well, I like to call it the protective system, right? This is the amygdala in the brain. But this part of the brain is determined to keep you completely safe from harm and safe from any risk. And it is not actually able to differentiate between physical risk, physical danger versus emotional danger. The reality is we know that if we hold back from doing absolutely everything that scares us, we end up, we would end up never going for our goals. We'd end up never putting ourselves out there in terms of making friends or getting into a relationship. We might have a dream that we you know, never take action on. We might have a creative project that we dream of, but 
creativity feels vulnerable. Like, who am I to put that out there? And so we just hold back. What I'm trying to say is that fear and anxiety will really keep us from living a human, meaningful life. If we only listen to the part of our brain that is governed by fear, we end up ultimately not following a lot of our dreams and and ever putting ourselves in the position to get the things that we know would make us truly happy. There's another catch when it comes to fear and when it comes to anxiety. Although its messages avoid the thing, avoid getting hurt, listening to that message can actually be detrimental to us. So it's just kind of called the fear cycle or the anxiety cycle. That fear or that anxiety pops up and we have that worry. What if I start this business and I invest all this money into it and it's a complete failure? But what if I, you know, say that I'm interested in this job, I go for this promotion at work and they look at me like, who do you think you are? What if I start dating again and I get my heart broken? We have that worry come up and naturally what we do is we might decide I'm just not going to put myself out there. It's safer not to. And so we feel relief as we can let ourselves off the hook. But that relief only lasts in the short term. And in the long term, the fear actually grows bigger. And so we get this short-term release of the fear and anxiety, but in the long term, we actually end up with more fear around that specific area of our life. And that's because we never actually had the chance to see that we would have coped fine, right? Or that we even could have managed or survived the experience that we were afraid of. Remember that the protective system always thinks that this is a physical threat, right? That your life is in danger. So even the fact that even if it goes wrong, the fact that we survived it and we're kind of still around um, will help your fear to reduce. So understanding that fear and its more intense counterpart of anxiety increases one avoidance at a time. Every time we avoid doing the thing that we feel afraid of, that anxiety, that fear grows a little stronger in the long term. It was so helpful for me to understand that, right? To realize that there was a there was a cost because there were there have been many things that in the past I've avoided and being able to recognize, especially in you know certain aspects of kind of putting myself out there with my business realizing that oh I became intensely anxious about that actually because I avoided it repeatedly and over time that anxiety just grew bigger and bigger and bigger. The hopeful side of this is that there's an opposite cycle to understand that fear and anxiety they reduce one brave act at a time. Every time that you act with courage you decide to take a step into the arena and do the thing, even though fear is saying, this is vulnerable, this is uncertain, we could get hurt, we could feel disappointed, we could get rejected. Every time you put yourself out there, you have that short-term discomfort for sure, your fear, your anxiety, they may be 
increase in the short term. But in the long term, that part of the brain, the protective system goes, oh, okay, actually, I was, a, I was all right. And so often what I'll hear clients say to me is, it went better than I thought. It went better than I thought. And I sometimes find that, you know, this is just such a confidence boost when I do something that I, I was wondering, like, can I do it? I'm, I'm not so sure, you know. And doing it and just feeling so gratified by that. It's a kind of sense of, of thrill and that sense of confidence that comes from feeling like, wow, I actually, I did it. I acted with courage. Right? And um, this is something that I I really just love to to do now. So I know even in terms of putting this podcast out, I was, I was nervous about that. It, was, uh, you know, it feels vulnerable thinking, who am I to have a podcast? And but now these days it's so important to me to challenge that fear, recognizing also and knowing that it's going to reduce over time. And I'm already a lot more comfortable with it. And it's just the third podcast. Um is also really hopeful, right? To know that knowing that, that fear and anxiety level won't stay the same. But the key here is you might be thinking, like, okay, this is this is a huge fear that I have. And there's no way I can just go and make myself do it. And I fully understand that and appreciate that and I think it's important that we don't completely overwhelm ourselves this is about finding challenging but manageable ways to to challenge your fear so looking at what is a small way that I can challenge my fear right what's a small step that I can take that yeah it feels a little scary but I, I feel I can manage it. I can get myself to do it, right? So this is about building your confidence up over time, showing yourself that you actually can do it little step by little step. So as an example, I I didn't know about the, the kind of fear cycle back then, but this is one way that I see this having played out in my own life. Back in school, I was is pretty shy right I was really quiet not necessarily with my close friends but I definitely wasn't the sort of person that was just going to go up and start a conversation with someone or ever go to a social event by myself or anything like that I was quiet and at the end of my you know my my school year my when I finally matriculated we were in South Africa so finished school and my whole my whole family moved to Cape Town and I was starting university at the University of Cape Town and we only started in February. We moved, I think, 10th of December and I was only starting university it was somewhere around Valentine's Day in February. And so I had a whole two months where I kind of had no friends in Cape Town or no one to hang out with. And I got really frustrated by that point, you know, I was missing those, those social connections. I also knew that starting university, there was nobody from my school that was coming into my same faculties. There were people that were maybe studying medicine or engineering, but no one else was studying uh, in the humanities. I was studying psychology and English literature. And so I knew, well, I'm not going to know anybody. And I decided to, I really wanted to make more friends and things like that and build up this social base in Cape Town. And so I decided to set myself this 
small goal. I remember going to the orientation and saying, okay, I'm just going to, you know, sit down and whoever sits next to me, I'm going to just turn and introduce myself. And I did that, right? And, you know, it was just as simple as like, hi, I'm Kirsty, what are you studying? And I then decided, okay, I'm going to do that at every lecture that I go to. And so every time that I would go into a lecture, I would sit down and then I would just say hello to the person next to me and introduce myself. And that was pretty scary for that old shy version of myself. But the most amazing thing started happening. I stopped feeling nervous about that. And it became pretty easy over time, right? It took a while, but over time, I became so much more confident at striking up conversations with people that I didn't know. And soon, I felt pretty comfortable kind of arriving at a party or something like that, and not necessarily knowing exactly where my friends were initially, something that would have really made me feel anxious before, going in maybe having to talk to people that I didn't know, and, and that confidence just grew and grew and grew. It was really just about taking that first small step right, that I decided to take. And what actually happened years later is one of the friends that I had met um, in a lecture theater in exactly this way, right, started a conversation in that way. We um, had become very good friends and decided to take a trip overseas and we had planned this whole trip. And what happened is that at the last minute, she wasn't able to come anymore. And I remember feeling really devastated that she wasn't able to go. And I, my immediate thought was to cancel this trip. And we were going on a, a kind of a Kentucky tour, right? So it's a kind of young people's tour group. And I, my immediate thought was to cancel, but I remember that my dad said to me, well, why don't you still go? There'll be other people there on their own. Uh, You'll still have a great time. Um, You know, obviously you're upset your friend can't come, but it, it could still be great. And I know that years before, had I not done my whole striking up random conversations with strangers, I would never have had the confidence to do that. But having done that, I had really eased myself into that. And I'd become a lot more confident knowing strangers. And it had built me up to this point where I felt that, yeah, I actually, you know, that was that was much higher out of my comfort zone, but I felt maybe I can, right? It felt like the next challenging but but manageable step and so I was able to do that and I remember coming back from that holiday just even more confident because I'd taken that next step so wherever you're at now I mean whatever situation you're thinking about and you want to build your confidence up in it's not about diving straight into the deep end as I said right from school I could never have gone on holiday by myself I would have you know just had a complete panic attack about that but Years later, after I had eased myself into that and slowly, um, step by step, built my confidence up in building these social connections, I had become a lot more confident and it enabled me to do that. And so it may be the same for you, starting now with a small step, recognizing one brave action at a time will reduce your fear. And by taking those first small brave steps, you'll prove to yourself that you can and eventually, you'll believe it. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. Every subscriber counts, and it helps this information to reach more people. Thank you, and I'll see you next week on The Positive EQ Perspective.
Have you taken my free quiz yet? Find out your emotional intelligence level and how emotional intelligence can help you to be happier. Visit positiveeq.com forward slash quiz. Thank you.